Season 3, Episode 54, our midweek bonus episode. Just because there's so much stupidity, we can't put it in one podcast. I'm even thinking about the possibility of branching off and making it three episodes a week. I don't know. What do you think? You know, I'm mulling this over. Maybe we'll do an episode just of the Insane Week in Review and the Genius Awards. Then we'll do another episode of just some of the extra stupidity. And then we'll do the weekend edition with just the insane game show and me and my insane Florida nephew. Oh, you're already tweeting. Oh, great. You're tweeting me your responses already. You know, you can follow me on Twitter, by the way. And, and I hope you do. At Insane Eric Lane. And I'll tweet back at you. I don't know. I'm still mulling over what I want to do. There's just so much stupidity. I don't know where to put it. You big dummy. You big dummy. You big dummy. Welcome to the midweek bonus episode of My Stupid World. I'm in St. Eric Lane, where if you're just joining this for the very first time, you've just discovered this podcast. This is the bonus episode. We packed extra stupidity in here for you, okay? Plus, uh, we've got a second podcast, which is kind of our regular one that comes out every weekend, which features my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero, with more stupid stories <clears throat> from Florida and beyond, of course. And uh, you can also play along with our weekly insane game show. Uh, and uh, by the way, if you haven't done this already, don't forget you can download the Telegram Messenger app and join the insane Eric Lane stupid world channel where i've got lots of links that i post from them some of the stupidity that uh, gives you a little more in-depth stuff uh, like pictures and videos because sometimes stupidity needs to have a visual okay <laughs> so uh, but uh, by the way it's uh, if you are checking this out for the first time uh don't have to go looking for it just hit subscribe and it'll come right to your podcast player which i hope is Podcast Addict. Great podcast player, one of my favorite podcast apps. Um, you can get it for free with a lot of customizable things and such. Um, or if you uh, want to pay for it, they do have a couple of uh, pay plans, a one-time payment, uh, which will get rid of the ad banner, and then a, a monthly subscription payment, which gives a lot more features. You are you really got to be a podcast addict to pay for it every month, but it's it's certainly worth it. So be sure and check it out. <clears throat> Just don't do something like this guy who shot himself in the foot, literally. I mean, I've heard of criminals who get caught, you know, because they shot themselves in the foot, but not quite like this one. A car in Fort Lauderdale, Florida got pulled over, but it was unclear what the real problem was. However, somebody in the car must have felt like they were in trouble because, well, he jumped out and ran off. So if you're being pulled over by the cops and you jump out of the car and run off, what, what do you think that's going to do? Obviously, the officer jumped out and started chasing the subject. Well, at some point, the guy shot himself in the foot. Now, some reports said he may have actually hit his leg. But anyway, the officer did catch up with him and then applied a tourniquet to the wound and he was taken to the hospital. 
don't know what his condition is. And it's not even unclear. It's not even clear what the charges are. But I'm sure he's probably going to get at least one charge for resisting arrest. So, yeah. Look, if you're caught, you're caught. Okay? You can't run from the long arm of the law. You know? But can you get enough caffeine? Okay? I love coffee. You know, and it, it, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily addicted to caffeine. I just like coffee. But America is rejoicing because now we can get that morning jolt of caffeine and sugar beyond the coffee. It can be done in a single bite after more than 80 years in the donut business. Hostess is finally rolling out caffeinated Hostess Boost Jumbo Donuts at stores around the country, according to the Lenexa, Kansas company said in a news release. It's about time. I mean, but doesn't the term jumbo donut, doesn't, isn't that kind of an oxymoron? It, it, I mean, if it's jumbo, it's no longer a donut, is it? Yeah, anyway, these donuts pack about 300 calories. They're three times bigger than the company's original mini donuts. The latest additions to the Hostess lineup contain slightly less caffeine, 50 to 70 milligrams, than a cup of java. An eight ounce cup of coffee holds closer to 80 to 100 milligrams of caffeine, while caffeine in energy drinks can probably range from 40 to 250 mega, uh, milligrams for every eight ounces, according to the US Food and Drug Administration. Now, the single-serve caffeinated donuts, they have two varieties. They have chocolate mocha and caramel macchiato, which will probably be my favorite, with a suggested retail price of about $249, or $250, basically. The lightly glazed caffeinated treats are geared to adults who are increasingly looking for alternative sources of caffeine, according to Christopher Balick, the general manager of Hostess. I mean, what's next? Donuts injected with crack? I mean, we're caffeinated donuts, man. Perfect for people that want to be both fat and jittery. Of course, who knows what you're getting if you have a caffeinated donut with one of those um, energy drinks. <clears throat> yeah. Gee, Joe, you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today. Literally. Wow. Yeah. Well, any case, from uh, donuts to cupcakes. And this is, well... Besides being stupid, it's downright cruel, I think. If this kid went to school and told his teacher, sorry, uh, but an old lady stole my homework, they might not believe him. But guess what? If he's got surveillance video to prove it, it might be a different story. Such is the case of a fourth grader in San Carlos Park, Florida. His name is Gabriel. He's the reigning champion of his school's science fair. And, well, he had a sweet new invention planned for this year. It's a solar oven that can bake cupcakes. Oh, the oven had been in development for weeks. It's uh, created from half of a globe. Right. It, uh, and it was insulated. And uh, Gabriel was uh, running a few final tests since it was actually due this particular day. So the oven is in the family's driveway getting heated up by the sun. Remember, they're in Florida. They get plenty of sunshine. Then it was stolen. Yeah. The theft was actually caught on a surveillance camera. This car pulls up. Some older woman climbs out and grabs it. And then the car speeds off. Now, 
the contraption was kind of toward the end of the driveway. So maybe somebody might have thought it was left out for anybody that wanted it. <laughs> but if you look a little closer, um, it should have been pretty obvious that, well, this was not a giveaway. Actually, here's the mother, Melissa Tharp, along with uh, Gabriel, talking about just what happened. He was hoping this would be a good project to get him another place holding in the science fair. We um, needed direct sunlight, so we did move it a little too close to the road. <laughs> I was a little astonished that it was gone. We drove around a little bit. I was hoping that maybe I could find who took it. It would have been a guaranteed first person. I don't so know. Good. It was pretty cool. Please return it and join us for a cupcake party. The family is hoping it'll just big will be a big misunderstanding and the oven will be returned. I, I hope so for this kid's sake, you know, really. I mean, who walks up to somebody's house and just says, hey, this is sitting out in the driveway. I think I'll take it. I don't know. Good luck with that surveillance video. Post it on the on social media. I bet somebody will recognize them. What do you want to bet, huh? I don't know. Anyway, well, here's a 42-year-old man in Boston. His name, Hector Avedado. Hector stabs another man. Why? Because the other guy wouldn't flush the toilet. <laughs> this happened at the Back Bay Transit Station, where these two guys were in adjacent stalls. The victim was about to leave, and, uh, well, Hector felt it was his business to holler out that, hey, you need to flush the toilet. But the other guy apparently refused and told Hector, mind your business. Did I mention this is in Boston? I guess this is a typical Bostonian exchange in the men's room. Well, they argued a bit through the stalls, and then it got physical, where Hector stabbed the other guy in the hand. Yeah, Hector eventually ran off, but was later caught and arrested, and the dude still had the knife on him. Now, the victim was treated for stab wounds, but sounds like he's going to be okay. Man, maybe the stab wound will leave a scar to serve as a gentle reminder. You know, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Leave it to Boston to get into a big, ugly fight over flushing the toilet. Yes, well, here's a 57-year-old man who, he his job is the local street sweeper. The guy was killed in a collision with a car at a supermarket parking lot that ejected him from the vehicle and then ran over him, according to authorities. Now, the Florida Highway Patrol said the man is from Thanotosasa. That's a town in Florida. Thanotosasa. Wow. Well, anyway, he they didn't identify the guy. He was cleaning a parking lot at the public supermarket in Brandon with a 2021 street sweeper. This was going on at about 11.20 at night, according to the Tampa Bay Times. And he was cleaning the lot, so the man then left the lot, enters the eastbound lane of Brandon Boulevard, according to WFTS-TV, and then made a U-turn to go back into the parking lot. But when he did, he crossed into the path of a 2016 Chevy Corvette that was driven by a 43-year-old guy from Sefner, according to the TV station. Well, the street, street sweeper, who, who was not wearing a seatbelt, I didn't realize they had seatbelts in street sweepers, but he fell out of the vehicle, according to the highway patrol. And then the street sweeper vehicle just continued moving forward and ran him over. A clean sweep, you might say. Wow. 
That's something I don't want in my obituary. Killed by the street sweeper. (laughs) I I don't know. Well, well, here's a study that, I don't know. um, There are people out there getting paid to do this. Another, Another case of this, okay? And it's news that I think may ring some alarm bells for half of the world's population. There's a study that they've been doing that's suggesting... And it is only a suggestion. COVID-19 could spell trouble for testicular health, including a decrease in size and sperm count and levels of testosterone. Now, it's a study that was conducted over the recent months by researchers at the University of Hong Kong investigating the effect of COVID-19 on hamster testicles. Why did they pick Hamster testicles, that's what I want to know. Anyway, they had varying dosages of the SARS-CoV-2, the virus responsible for COVID-19. They were intrinsically um, delivered to hamsters, only some of which were vaccinated against the virus. The hamsters were then killed between 1 and 120 days after the infection and their testicles were examined. How would you like to be the guy examining hamster testicles? That's what I want to know. You couldn't pay me enough money. Anyway, researchers found an acute decrease in sperm count and testosterone levels four to seven days post-infection in unvaccinated hamsters. Meanwhile, uh, damage, you might say, to the testicular tissue, including inflammation, degeneration and necrosis was observed as early as a week after infection and persisted in the sample collected on day 120. Now, testicular size and weight were also found to be reduced after infection. Shrank their balls. Yeah. Hamsters that were vaccinated against the virus did not exhibit testicular damage. So I think it's a good lesson to learn. See, I I always, I always thought, though, the way to shrink your testicles was to watch too much of the Kelly Clarkson show. I, I, men, men are, I guess, pretty upset by the news. Probably not as much as the hamsters are. But that might be a way to, you know, to really, you know, drive home the fact that you need to be vaccinated or your balls will shrink. I don't know. That, that might hit home to a lot of guys. I don't know. But um, I don't know. Would you rather examine hamster testicles or be a taste tester for your pet food. Some people are. Because when pets are around, just you have to have to understand anything can become food, according to a new study. You know, the average pet, uh, the owner of a pet, oh, that is, they catch their animal eating something they shouldn't about four times a day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dogs, cats, all kinds of stuff, right? Well, they did a poll of a little over 2,000 cat and dog owners. They found 61% have lost sleep over the thought of their pet eating something that they shouldn't be eating. Another 39% have even caught their pet rummaging through the trash, obviously. It's conducted by one poll on behalf of Elevet. The survey shows more than half of the poll use the words stop, no, to curb the pet's unwanted behavior. About uh, a third will put their pet on timeout. And other misdeeds that respondents see include unnecessary vocalization or barking, climbing on curtains and other furniture, and stealing food off the human's plate. 
remember, people are getting paid to do this study. According to Dr. Joseph Wachschlock, the professor of nutrition and sports medicine at Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine, says these habits don't typically come from a malicious place or on the part of the pooch or kitty. Ingestion of foreign items in many cases can be a learned behavior in dogs, particularly when another animal in the house is playing with it or eating it. Now, uh, Wachschlock said in a statement says... Uh, in addition, research has shown dogs will ingest or lick foreign objects when they have GI distress, so the behavior should be followed up with questions regarding appetite, nausea, or <clears throat> regurgitation. Yeah, just remember, folks, some pets drink from the toilet. I'm pretty sure they don't need anybody to test their food. I mean, it's not enough that we have to pick up their poop in the first place, but just remember what those dogs eat they also love licking your face, too. Just keep that in mind the next time. Come here, give me some sugar. I love you, too. That's why I don't let dogs lick my face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's something that, if you're interested, it may not be safe to see this at work. Adidas is putting it all out there. Introducing a new line of sports bras. They tweeted a photo of a grid. It's like one of those grid photos of 25 different pairs of breasts. Uh, bare breasts. The caption says, We believe women's breasts in all shapes and sizes deserve support and comfort, which is why our new sports bra range contains 43 styles so everyone can find the right fit for them. And they included a link to the collection and the hashtag support is everything. Now, there was some mixed reaction with some cheering the ad, others criticizing, with one person suggesting that it was just another shock ad designed only to generate revenue by using women's bodies. Well, Adidas defended the ad. They tweeted back, It's important to normalize the human body and help inspire future generations to feel confident and unashamed. It's perfectly natural to have breasts. We're happy to celebrate that and won't be taking this down so we can keep doing so. Well, it's perfectly happy, perfectly natural, uh, I guess, uh, you know, to have penises too, but you don't see people putting them up on Twitter. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. I mean, size is everything, remember? <laughs> Maybe if they started advertising men's briefs by putting bare penises up in a grid photo, it might sell more. I, I don't know. I don't think it works that way. Well, here's an SUV that slid into the Rogue River when a man who was driving along the bank decided to exit his vehicle because, well, he needed to have a bare penis and expose himself to relieve himself, according to police. The Allen Park and Dearborn Fire Departments responded to the scene. There was this fellow that decided to drive his vehicle along the banks, says the Allen Park Police Department in a news release. He had a moment when he exited the vehicle as Mother Nature was calling. Unquote. The man was outside the vehicle and as he was relieving himself, he watched it slide into the river and couldn't stop it. Now, fortunately, he was not injured, but the vehicle is submerged. Uh, local fire departments are now working to try to get the vehicle out of the water. 
But I'm sure he feels a lot better. At least he doesn't have a bloated bladder. <laughs> and uh, this is just classic. You've been following the whole story of the big rigs that have been parked in the middle of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada over the last several weeks, creating all the gridlock, protesting the COVID-19 mandates. Of course, they've all been cleared out now, but it was quite a big deal. Well, somebody in Ohio decided to help their cause, but they failed spectacularly. He's a 20-year-old guy in Akron. Of course, it has to be Akron. He thought it was a good idea to call in a fake bomb threat to Ottawa police. He claimed he was going to set off a bomb in downtown Ottawa because he doesn't agree with mask mandates. So they obviously had to take it seriously. But, well, it turned out, well, it, obviously he didn't have a bomb and the whole thing was just a hoax. But that's not the stupid part. No, the stupid part is... He called the wrong Ottawa. <laughs> he, he, he Googles the phone number for Ottawa police, right? Duh. And just call the first number that showed up, right? Well, he ends up calling a precinct in the little small town of Ottawa, Ohio instead. <laughs> it's a town of about 4,000 people, about 60 miles from Toledo. Yeah. A police spokesman said they were surprised that he didn't recognize the 419 area code since about a quarter of Ohio uses it. Last I heard, they were still trying to decide what to charge the guy with. How about charge him with stupidity? You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, and by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. In addition to checking out Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World on Anchor Podcasts, which is our main platform, or on your favorite podcast player, you can now also subscribe and listen on your phone by going to my uh, Facebook page, at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, -E, on your Facebook app on your phone. There on my uh, Facebook profile, you can look for the podcast tab there and subscribe and listen right from Facebook. Now, it's not available quite yet for the Facebook desktop version, so you won't see the podcast tab 
on the desktop version of Facebook. But if you are easier to subscribe right from my Facebook page on your Facebook mobile app on your phone, you'll find it right there. So hit that subscribe button. And also you'll find me on Substack also at E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E dot Substack dot com. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's the Week in Review. A museum security guard is under investigation for allegedly drawing eyeballs on a million-dollar painting because he was bored. You know, we covered this story in our previous podcast. And this is why the New York Times desperately needs to publish more than one wordle per day. DoorDash and Shake Shack have teamed up to create a chicken sandwich-themed dating app. That's right, so you can finally get your hands on some juicy breasts and buns. And here's a tip for the ladies. You'll get more matches if you write in your profile that you're down to cluck, also known as being friends with condiments. According to a new survey, 8 in 10 people confess they have reacted to an online article solely based on its headline. For example... If they see something like Nancy Pelosi in the headline, they react by violently vomiting. However, most recipients disagreed with their initial reaction after reading the entire story. So these people seem to really have an open mind, which means there's a 0% chance from anyone at CNN was ever surveyed. A new study shows that my home state of Arkansas is among the least educated states, luckily, The people of Arkansas don't feel bad because they have no idea how many states there are. An Arizona priest has voluntarily stepped down as church pastor after learning he'd botched thousands of baptisms with a simple mistake during a single line of text. But hey, if this is the worst thing a priest did to a bunch of kids, then everybody at this church should be thrilled. Well, the gaffe came as Arango mistakenly used the pronoun we when he should have used the word, the, the, just said I, as in I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And as we all know, using the wrong pronouns these days can get you canned faster than tuna fish. A Mississippi woman was arrested and charged with forgery after she faxed fake court documents to a prison ordering the release of her boyfriend. It's another story we did on a previous podcast. Of course, ironically, all she really wanted from the inmate was a little hard time. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, being roundly criticized by several civil liberties groups and politicians for invoking his emergency powers to stop those protests around the country against the COVID-19 restrictions, and now they're referring to him now by a new name, uh, Justin Castro. You know, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association has argued that the protests, which have snarled traffic in cities and at the border, did not meet the standards to have invoked the Emergencies Act. Trudeau really should have taken a page from our book. We didn't even do anything while protesters were burning down businesses. An Australian suitor is being called Man of the Year after he helped his Tinder match give birth to a child on their fourth date. Although she swears it usually takes longer before she lets a man down there or down under. (laughs) Yeah, a young woman, by the way, she was already six months pregnant when she showed up for their first date, but her tender match was undeterred because everyone on tender is always fatter in real life. 
And a story that we'll give more details coming up on our weekend episode uh, involves the Idaho Potato Commission, which has created a ladies' perfume that smells like French fries. Now, this will go great with my sour cream and onion body wash. It's called Frights by Idaho. Uh, coincidentally, Idaho is also the name of uh, Paris Hilton's new perfume. Panera helped couples celebrate Valentine's Day by giving away diamond rings stuck in pieces of bread. And thanks to Joe Biden, the bread is now almost as valuable as the diamonds. <clears throat> the results are in for the 18th annual Puppy Bowl, featuring 100 dogs from 33 states competing on Team Rough and Team Fluff, both of which are cooler names than the Washington Commanders. I watched the Puppy Bowl and... Well, I have to say I haven't seen this many dogs on the field since the last Jets game. Of course, in the end, Team Fluff was the winner, which was a bit surprising because they seemed a little soft to me. President Biden addressed a global warming in a tweet. He stated, My Build Back Better agenda includes the largest investment to combat climate change in U.S. history. It'll help meet the moment on the climate, creating good-paying jobs and lower energy costs for Americans. So, let's see, the guy who can't control inflation, the border, or COVID, claims he can control the weather. We've gone from mean tweets to green tweets. And according to a new survey, two in five Americans have ended a relationship over their ex-partner's poor sleeping habits, like snoring. Yeah, because this is absolutely not the loud noise that anybody wants to hear in the bedroom. The survey finds that the average person will only put up with a snoring partner for about one and a half hours before booting them to the couch or moving out themselves. Of course, I didn't think most people could last five minutes in bed, with all the snoring, that is. Snoring is just a sign of a good, deep sleep, or somebody that maybe just went on a date with Bill Cosby. And Paramount Plus will be offering a series by Showtime for an extra fee starting this summer. Because that's exactly what people need to do right now. You know, spend more money on streaming services. There's just too many of these friggin' things. You know, people initially switched to streaming services to save money on the cable bill. Now they're spending more than they did on cable. And Twitter users are accusing the online game Wordle of trolling millennials by using words they've never heard before. You know, words like paycheck and responsibility. Actor Zachary Horowitz has been sentenced to 20 years in prison for a fraud scheme in which he promised others fake Netflix deals. Of course, it could have been worse. I mean, he could have been sentenced to 20 years of making content for Peacock. And tennis star Novak Djokovic says that he's willing to miss out on Grand Slam tournaments to remain unvaccinated. Meanwhile, the vaccinated tennis stars say they appreciate his conviction and that their unusually enlarged hearts go out to him. President Biden tapped two new scientists to temporarily fill the lab shoes of former top White House scientist Dr. Eric Lander, who was forced to resign because of the bullying he did to staffers. But looking at Joe these days, the only scientist that he's been working with recently is Dr. Frankenstein. Well, the two new scientists actually are Dr. Alondra Nelson and Dr. Francis Collins. But Joe was kind of bummed out that his team wouldn't let him select his first choice, you know, that uh, funny fella, Bill Nye, the science guy. The state of Texas is suing the CDC, saying their airport mask mandate is an overreach of their powers. But 
Still the biggest airport overreach is charging 12 bucks for a tuna sandwich. According to a new survey, more than three in five Americans dread the cleanup that comes after getting dirty. Yes, because, you know, if you don't immediately clean that towel you use after doing the deed, it'll become crustier than a loaf of fresh bread. Well, the survey of 2,000 sexually active adults specifically found that 70% don't feel comfortable going about their day without showering immediately after sex, especially in the morning. The other 30% are married, and they don't have to worry about any of this. An Allegiant Airlines passenger got booted off of a flight because he he refused to change his mask from one that purportedly had the slogan, Let's go, Brandon! (laughs) With this flight attendant trying to silence freedom of expression, people on the plane thought they'd mistakenly boarded a Canadian airline. I mean, what's the big deal anyway? He's just a NASCAR fan. The man says, though, he's learned his lesson. From now on, he'll start wearing a mask with a more corporate-friendly message, you know, like, death to America. And in a new report from the Associated Press, athletes described the best thing they've eaten while they were at the Olympics. You know, for instance, the athletes from Spain said they love the Chinese hot pots. And the athletes from Norway said the best thing they've eaten is Team USA's lunch. Pete Davidson rejoined the social media app Instagram and was immediately followed by Kanye West. There's a lot of models that show their butts on that app, you know, but these two are by far the biggest butt heads. An Arizona couple has become the first in the world to be married in the metaverse, surrounded by avatars of robots, dragons, and aliens. But based on divorce rates, it's as realistic as every other marriage. The wedding was actually hosted by a law firm. They set up a digital marriage certificate in the form of an NFT, which ironically makes it a trustless marriage. And Tom Hanks' son, Chet Hanks, claimed that despite growing up with that Oscar-winning dad, he had no one to turn to as a celebrity kid. Poor Chet. I guess he kind of felt like a real castaway. Now, Chet's uh, throwing some shade at his father, Tom. He said he never had a strong male role model growing up. That's because Tom was always running off to Vietnam or playing ping pong or running a shrimp company and running across the country. I guess it's kind of tough, you know, when your dad always has a Woody. I mean, he played the character four times in Toy Story. A family of comedian Bob Saget, they're sued, they've sued police to block details about his death from being released to the public. I mean, for one thing, they don't want to disrespect Bob. And, well, for another, they're hoping to save any video evidence for a very special episode of America's Funniest Home Videos. And the Portland Pickles baseball team is calling on a thief, please return our stolen mascot. It's perhaps the most high-profile case of hiding the pickle since Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. And armored Russian tanks with the letter Z painted on them were assembled on the border of eastern Ukraine. You know, with all this hysteria, you know, they're actually, I guess, filming a sequel to Zoolander, maybe. I don't know. President Biden sent Vice President Kamala Harris over there to try to negotiate. It's a brilliant strategy. I mean, because after five minutes of Kamala's fake cackle, the only person that Putin is wanting to kill is himself. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't have Biden go over and call Putin Ivan Drago, see they say eastern Ukraine has already gotten pretty roughed up. I mean, they got burnt out buildings and tons of trash and homelessness. Just picture New York City, but nicer. And a survey by Baby Magic found that 74% of parents 
think it's harder to raise kids today than it was when they were a kid. Of course it is. I mean, come on. I mean, because you're not allowed to spank them. I mean, they don't respect you anymore either. I mean, nowadays, you have to know where they are every single second of the day or it's considered criminal neglect. I mean, whenever I was a kid, I could leave my house on a bicycle and circle the globe before my parents went out looking for me. A one poll survey found that six in 10 people would rather cuddle with their pet than their significant other. Kind of funny to see women choosing their dog over their husband. I mean, one spends all day trying to lick its privates and the other is a dog. I mean, meanwhile, 10 in 10 cats would prefer that you would cuddle with your significant other. And a Vermont couple was arrested after leaving their toddler in a car while they went skiing on Killington Mountain. Now, look, before you judge the parents, you gotta meet this kid. I mean, luckily the toddler is okay. She's currently at home watching her favorite movie, <clears throat> Frozen. A New Mexico prosecutor says it's possible that Alec Baldwin didn't pull the trigger that killed the cinematographer on the set of the movie Rust. Of course, it's possible. It's also possible that I could date Beyonce, but I wouldn't run to the casino and place your bets just yet. I mean, Alec has always been known for bad behavior on sets. I mean, when they give the staff a trigger warning, they really give them a trigger warning. The, the thing that makes the times that we live in just so ridiculous is that more people now would get mad at me for making that joke than they would at the guy who shot someone. Russian soldiers are being warned not to use TikTok for fear of giving away military secrets ahead of their invasion of the Ukraine. Now, Putin is banning troops from the social media, but yet he still refers to Ukraine as MySpace. Russia is telling troops not to use social media because, well, they need to focus on the mission. Meanwhile, in America, we're encouraging troops to put their pronouns in their bio on social media. And former Washington Redskins Hall of Fame receiver Charlie Taylor has died at the age of 80. Of course, I know you're not supposed to say Washington Redskins anymore because a lot of people get offended by the word Washington. <laughs> you know, Taylor was the all-time leader in catches when he retired. In fact, the only person more famous for catching things is Pete Davidson. And a drunken Oklahoma Democratic congressional candidate is under fire for allegedly verbally attacking several preteen girls while at the home of a friend who was hosting a sleepover with multiple middle school girls present. Now, I know it sounds awful, but when you remember what Democratic politicians and entertainers are doing with middle school girls on Epstein Island, it's not really so bad. <laughs> Broyles was also allegedly so drunk she vomited into a laundry basket as well as a girl's shoe, which is incredible. I mean, because usually it's the politicians that are making everybody else want to puke. And finally, a New York City gang has been busted for stealing over $4 million in COVID relief funds and bragging about it on social media. And that gang is known as the Democrats. Dum, 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 dum. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or 
read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E R I K L A N E. You get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop, or mobile for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at insane E R I K L A N E on Facebook or Twitter. Or visit the website at insaneericlane.com. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing. And now, this week's Genius Award. And for this week's Genius Awards, well, police did not take any chances when they responded to a call about two suspicious packages sitting on the front steps of a federal courthouse in Alabama. The Tuscaloosa Police Department documented the situation on Facebook. They were the first on the scene around 8 a.m. on Valentine's Day morning. Two employees called about unknown packages at the front of the building. So officers blocked off the street, set up a perimeter around the courthouse to prevent cars and people from passing through, the department's hazardous device unit soon discovered, though, that the threatening packages were two packages of food from Taco Bell. The investigation revealed the boxes contained what we have identified as a delivery order containing a Taco Bell taco and burrito cravings pack, according to what the police department posted on Facebook. It has been customized to include an assortment of regular and Doritos Loco Tacos, along with four beefy five-layer burritos, unquote. Now, by 8.20 a.m., officers had opened the roads and removed the perimeters around the courthouse and threw away the fast food. Of course, the incident drew lots of chuckles and praise and gratitude on social media. Of course, I don't blame the police for being extra careful with these bags. I mean, after all, they contain some pretty serious belly bombs. <laughs> Luckily, the Taco Bell bags didn't explode. But whoever consumed the food definitely blew out the bathroom. And then there's this. A Florida man was arrested after police say he became unruly at a Melbourne gas station and began to trash the counter while under the influence. Now, officers responded to the Marathon gas station after a worker said the man identified as 24-year-old Alan Ganish was throwing cookies and trashing the counters. Now, police say they found Ganesh outside the gas station, sprawled out on the sidewalk near his black motorcycle. The officer said Ganesh had bloodshot eyes and he could smell alcohol coming from his mouth. The clerk reportedly told police that Ganesh rode up to the gas station and sat on the counter, but was told to get down. He then sat on the floor. She told him he needed to get up so she could clean the floors. Well, that's when, she says, Ganesh began throwing cookies around the store and spilling drinks on the counter before leaving and then lying down on the sidewalk. Ganesh reportedly told the officers that he had drunk a, quote, tall fat boy. He was given a sobriety test, which he obviously failed. He was arrested for DUI. Ganesh reportedly told the officers that besides uh, drink, he had also taken some medication for schizophrenia. Of course, the clerk had to be truly stunned, mainly because the only thing that usually gets destroyed in a gas station is the bathroom. The guy's really lucky, though, that he was only throwing cookies because 
If he had been tossing gas station hot dogs, well, he probably would have been arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Or how about this? Federal prosecutors have cited the baby to counter an accused armed robber's defense. As news reports of brazen shoplifting and retail ransacking multiply, a New York City man is facing trial for his alleged role in the theft of nearly $200,000 in merchandise from a Chanel store in Manhattan's Soho neighborhood. Prosecutors charge that 30-year-old Eric Spencer and three cohorts robbed the luxury retailer in broad daylight, netting armfuls of wallets and handbags. Flashing a firearm in his waistband, Spencer allegedly yelled, Nobody touch me! while directing his fellow robbers to get everything, grab everything. In the Chanel case... FBI agents gathered surveillance videos and texts and cell phone records that appear to incriminate Spencer. And within a week of the Chanel heist, FBI agents identified Spencer as the robbery's ringleader. He was arrested later that month in Florida. Now, in custody since his collar, Spencer is now locked up in a New Jersey County jail where he has been sanctioned for exposing himself multiple times to a female correctional officer. Beginning on the night of the robbery, investigators say Spencer repeatedly looked online for news of the crime using search terms like Chanel store robbery, Soho robbery, and robbers in Soho. Spencer's phone seized when he was arrested included photos of five Chanel handbags, and metadata for those images showed that they were taken in the days after the Soho robbery. After robbing a store, it's Probably not smart to Google search it, you know? Should have just checked to see if it was on CNN.com because nobody looks there. I mean, this creep also exposed himself to a female correctional officer. Hopefully, she told him that she saw enough cocktail wieners at her Super Bowl party. And what about this? A married couple was arrested after police say the husband was overheard talking about plans to rob a Goodwill store in West Virginia. Andy A.J. Maynard and Samantha Maynard were arrested at the Lavalette, West Virginia store minutes after an employee reportedly overhearing the potential threat. Members of the Wayne County Sheriff Drug Enforcement Unit arrived. Thompson said Andy Maynard was a fugitive from Kentucky and his wife was wanted on drug charges in Wayne County, West Virginia. Both are convicted felons, according to the Wayne County Sheriff Rick Thompson. Deputies said they saw a handgun in the driver's seat of the couple's vehicle, a sawed-off shotgun in the back seat, and a revolver on the console by the passenger seat. The sheriff says a third person fled from the suspect's vehicle while deputies were inside the Goodwill store. Thompson said West Virginia State Police troopers assisted the deputies and they'll execute a search warrant on the vehicle. Mike Bayless works across the street and said, when it's this close to you, a stone's throw away across the street, it's unnerving. I definitely don't want anybody at Goodwill to be getting harmed. Here's a couple of people in the community talking about Andy and Samantha Maynard's foolish plans. A whole bunch of stuff commotion going on at the Goodwill. There seem to be a lot of cops. With the name itself, Goodwill, they're trying to do goodwill for people. And it's when you, you're being targeted like that, it's just a, it's a shame. Definitely don't want anybody at the Goodwill to be getting harmed. Yeah, they really aimed high when planning to rob Goodwill. Maybe next time they'll go even bigger and hit the Dollar Tree. Yeah. This married West Virginia couple have completely humiliated everyone in their lives. Their family members can't believe a brother and a sister would do something like this.
And you got to check this one out. Florida authorities arrested a reckless driver in Key West, Florida, who described himself as, quote, high and happy to police. Monroe County Sheriff's deputies pulled over 51-year-old Theodore John Evans after receiving multiple calls saying a Toyota RAV4 was running red lights, not staying in its lane, and passing other cars in no passing zones. Evans' eyes were bloodshot and watery. He behaved erratically, speaking quickly and nonsensically about how high and happy that he was due to his use of a vape pen, the sheriff's office had said. Evans apparently admitted to being on drugs to authorities, and he failed a sobriety test. The deputies discovered marijuana candies, a glass pipe, and a vape pen inside Evans' vehicle, and officers charged Evans with driving under the influence, and now he's being held on $2,500 bail. Of course, the cops absolutely could not believe his high and happy comment. <laughs> you know, they were just shocked that a Florida resident was happy. You got to check out the guy's mugshot, though, because he's absolutely, completely stoned. I mean, he makes Snoop Dogg at the Super Bowl look like a choir boy at church. And you'll never believe this one. A Florida mom faces a number of charges after police say she brought a gun to a parent-teacher conference at an elementary school. Brazina Jones attended a meeting at Brentwood Elementary School meeting in Miami Gardens. Prior to, the, to, to exiting the campus, the 35-year-old mom reportedly warned the security at the front desk of her willingness to protect her child. I don't play, around, play about somebody playing with my kid, says Jones, according to court documents by WSVN. I'll shoot this blankety-blank up. The documents later noted that Jones proceeded to open her purse and recklessly display the butt of her gun. Jones reportedly put the gun back into her purse, then issued a loud verbal threats directed at Brentwood Elementary. Other parents expressed their disdain for Jones's actions following the incident. Jones's teenage son, Marcus Murray Jr., tells WSVN-TV that there was, quote, false communication between his mom and the security guard. Brazina Jones appeared before a judge in bond court. Now she's currently facing multiple charges, including possession of a firearm on school property and assault. I wonder what kind of gun she was carrying. I'm going to probably guess maybe a Smith & Karen. Ultimately, the most shocking thing about the story is that kids in Florida go to school. Okay, got one more. And it was a calm evening in the picturesque Baldwin Park in the neighborhood of Orlando, Florida. Shannon Frazier was walking her dog when she said she ran into a young boy who told her this. My phone is dead. I can't find my family or friends. I've lost them, Frazier said. He's on a scooter and he's like, can I please use your phone to call them? She said she immediately helped him. You know, your first instinct is to help a kid, she said, without thinking. And hindsight, it's 2020, I just handed in my phone. She said the boy looked uh, about 12 years old. He had the person on speaker. He's like, I can't find you guys, she said. Uh, then, he's, then he says, do you mind if I open up your maps? So he opens up maps, and I'm watching him do this. That's the crazy part. I'm a foot away. They parted ways, and Frazier did not think any more about it until... Two days later, she says, I get alerts from my bank that my two Venmo transfers were approved. She says, one was in the amount of $1,800. The other one was in the amount of $2,000. That's when I stopped dead in my tracks. 
Frazier said she contacted Venmo immediately and discovered that the account that her money was transferred to what was set up just 30 minutes before she met the boy. <laughs> she says, I feel like this is the new pickpocket. They're preying on your kindness as opposed to just stealing something from you. She said she contacted Venmo and her bank and her next call now is to the police. She said she's uh, sharing her story about how helping somebody ended up hurting her. I mean, here she is explaining how the seemingly innocent kid stole her money. My phone is dead. I can't find my family and friends. I've lost him. He's on a scooter. And he's like, you know, can I please use your phone to call them? I just handed him my phone. He's like, you know, I can't find you guys. He said, do you mind if I open your maps? So he opens maps and I'm watching him do this. You know, that's the crazy part is I'm, you know, a foot away. I get alerts from my bank that my two Venmo transfers were approved. One was in the amount of $1,800. The other one was in the amount of 2000 And that's when I stopped dead in my tracks. I feel like this is the new pickpocket. What a, what a sneaky little criminal dirtbag. In fact, this kid is such a great crook that the Biden administration is giving him a summer internship. I mean, seriously, what is a 12-year-old doing conning strangers? The only people he should be stealing from is his parents. Jeez, I'm glad I don't use Venmo. Gee. Of course, if you like the podcast, I hope you'll rate and review it. I mean, I tried to pick five-star stupidity, so give it a five-star rating. Feel free to write a really stupid review, too. I mean, I might even read the review on an upcoming episode. Besides, giving it a rating and a review helps the podcast to show up prominently in searches, especially if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. That, for some reason, counts somewhat more. I don't know why. But at least share the podcast on your social media news feeds. Don't forget to mash that subscribe button so you can get a fresh fix of stupidity every time the new episodes are delivered to your podcast player. And don't forget, if you're looking for a really good podcast player app, I personally use and recommend Podcast Addict. It's available at your app store. There's free and paid versions. It's amazingly customizable. And you can also subscribe and listen on your phone with your Facebook app whenever you visit my Facebook page. Just uh, search out Insane Eric Lane, Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, and then look for the podcast tab on my Facebook page and subscribe. Now, the podcast feature is only available on the mobile app, not on the desktop version. So uh, check that out. Okay. And you can also find the podcast at Substack by going to ericlane.substack.com. Don't forget, besides this bonus feed, there's also the regular weekend feed every Saturday that features Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew, with stupid stories from Florida and beyond. And play along with uh, Pancho and I in our weekly round of the Insane Game Show. Interact with the podcast, get real-time updates when you download the Telegram Messenger app, and join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. I post links to some of these uh, stories I feature every episode. And you can check out the links, leave comments about what you've read or heard, look at the videos and the photos and the articles posted and talk about on all that, you know, just amongst yourselves, I guess. You can get a preview of that channel and a link to download the Telegram app at t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. The app is available for desktop or mobile platforms for Windows, Linux, Android, Apple. And don't forget, I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And you can also check out the feeds and visit my website at insaneericlane.com. My final thought for the for this week, I walk around like everything is fine, but deep down inside my shoe, my sock is falling off.
If you think I have written all the stuff that goes into this podcast, you're giving me way too much credit. No, I have to give credit to a talented bank of writers that I rely on for most of this stupidity. I haven't got enough hours of the day to go scoping out all the stupidity that's out there, so I have to give props to Mr. Laugh's Comedy and Ad Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, the Universal Comedy Network, and Pulse of Radio at the United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify, Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.